Hello everybody, I am Grace Helmick here at Steely and welcome back to the All Students Considered podcast. Today we have a very special episode for you all. We have gathered with all the student partners and we are having a discussion around what I wish I knew. Um, having a bunch of seniors as well as some freshmen, kind of people from all over the spectrum, age and grade wise, reflecting on their time here at William & Mary, some tips and tricks that they would like to pass on, um, as well as just a reflection on our journeys here, our time as they might be coming to an end or as things are changing and going forward into the future. Welcome back to All Students Considered. I'm Claire Hogan. I'm Grace Helmick. I'm Katie Steinitz. And I'm Jada Bonds. And today we are talking about what I wish I knew. So Katie and I are both seniors. Grace is already graduated. And Jada, you are a freshman. So we have a variety of perspectives here talking about coming into college, going out of college, what we wish we had known at the beginning, and what we've learned along the way. So it's going to be a great episode for you guys. All students students consider. Being most recently a senior myself, I got to reflect with others around the table on what my expectations were as a freshman versus the reality of being a student here. Listen up. One of our first segments that we wanted to talk about was our first week versus our last week. So for Katie and I, our senior year, Grace, I guess your senior year as well, and then Jada, your freshman year, your first week versus your last week. What were you like? What were you doing? What were you feeling? How are you feeling now? Who wants to start? I can start. So my first week of my freshman year, I was terrified. Um, Contrary to a lot of people I knew, and especially contrary to my roommate, who was my roommate of four years, uh, we still live together, I was not excited for college. (laughs) I did not want to be here. I missed my high school experience. I felt like nothing could ever compare to my high school experience. (laughs) I know, I'm getting lots of laughter here. And I was like, it's all downhill from here. Like, this is the end. You peaked in high school. I I peaked. I thought I was like, I peaked in high school. That's so sad. And now it's just a (laughs) downward spiral. So I was very, I also was um, not a student who, Um, enjoyed partaking in the nighttime festivities Um, Mm -hmm. so I like stayed in I would only do classwork I was taking 18 credits um, because I was bored Um, (laughs) because I was bored Um, and so my first week I remember being like I don't know if this is all that fun everyone says college is a blast like I'm taking 18 credits I'm studying and working till 4 a.m. Blah. Um, however, at the end of my first week, um, I did do something a little wacky, crazy that has impacted my four years. Um, and my roommate dragged me to an improv workshop and Ooh, consequential uh, improv auditions. Uh, and I did audition and I did get in woo. to the improv troupe. Um, so that was my first week, freshman year. All right. Flash forward. it is the last week of senior year for me um this would be in the fall um and 
I had a couple classes that I was really excited to be in that I felt like I was doing really meaningful projects. Uh, they were with faculty members that I had taken two or three classes with beforehand mm -hmm. because I was very much someone that I found my favorite professors and I stuck with them. <laughs> yes. I yes. would take the same class, I would take different classes with them and I really got to know them. So I felt like I knew my professors super well. I felt like I was making meaningful projects. In fact, one of my final projects was a short documentary on the first uh, murder conviction in the state of Virginia. Mm. Uh, without a body that my grandmother was involved in. So I traveled and was uh, interviewing her and people in the town. And I, I felt like I was doing stuff that actually mattered. Mm. Um, and then that improv troupe that I auditioned for on a whim, um, I was the president of. And we had one of our final shows, super big success. I had taken my troupe on a fall tour previously. Um, and I just was surrounded by these really wonderful people that I had spent four years getting to know, um, investing with. Uh, my roommate from freshman year, she's with me. And it was just a wonderful kind of culmination of, you know, I, I started things off. I didn't want to be here. I was scared <laughs> um, and taking 18 credits. And I finished things off taking 12 credits. and having a blast and just really being grateful and thankful for my experience here. Aw, that's so cute. Oh my gosh. That is cute. I am really curious about that murder story though. When you said grandma, I was like, Oh, oh I'll, I can send you the video. It's five minutes long. Okay, I'll send please. it to you. Okay, okay. yes. Sounds really interesting. Uh, I can go. Um, so my first week, I was very lucky. Um, I found my group pretty early because, you know, there, there were all these group me's that would start about, like, which dorm you were in. And I remember I was in one for the dorm I was going to be in. And Shout it, it out, Monroe. Monroe, baby! <laughs> um, but so I had these um, this good group of friends, and we had really been getting to know each other over the summer. And so it was super exciting that first week when we all got to actually be in person instead of just awkwardly being like, hi, I'm Katie, I'm a theater major, I'm from Northern Virginia, like actually getting to be around each other. And I remember we did this thing where we were like, okay, so we like know a lot about each other, but like we still aren't really gonna know each other. So we all made PowerPoints about something very specific that we all uh -huh. were really into. So one, uh, one of us did a presentation on why The Incredibles is a perfect film. Uh, another one compared uh, black holes to rock climbing. Uh, I did, uh, I ranked the characters in Twelfth Night from most to least gay. Um, and we, we basically, it was like this like way of all kind of getting to know each other. But I was also kind of like, all right, so I've got my friends, like that's all squared away. And many of them are like still my closest friends to this day. But I was like, all right, it's time to find my place on campus. And I decided it was going to be Shakespeare in the Dark. That's what it was going to be. I'd heard about it and I was like, yep, that's it. And I remember like tromping over to the auditions and I was like, yep, okay, this, this is, I am about to go and meet my family for the next four years. This is it. Like I had like this moment of like this very kind of like grave moment of this is it. Um, I walked in, I did it. I got a call back and I did not get cast. And I was <gasps> so devastated. Um, but I was like, you know what? Nope, I got to do it. These are my people. And so I asked if I could be the dramaturg for uh, their production. And I did that, and I would say I've kind of been in and out. I just sort of, I'll do their shows if I feel like it, and I am good friends with a lot of those people. I do other shows. Sometimes I take a break and I just focus on schoolwork or research or working. Um, but yeah, I kind of had this moment of like, it is time to find my place. I did the 24-hour play festival, I remember, and I was just like, wow. 
all these people in the theater department who all know each other and are friends, and I just felt so small. Um, flash forward. <laughs> Never. You're all one. getting this. Yeah. Um, and then my last week, um, I've, I'm actually in primarily sociology classes, even though I'm a theater major. Uh, the one class I took, though, was a stage combat class, and it was just so fun. Uh, and so it was kind of cool this semester to mostly just do things that, like, might not even really impact my future, but meant a lot to me. Um, and I also, so I ended up my junior year taking a, a little, because the theater department does bigs and littles, and one of my littles, she produced this, uh, she directed this production of Twelfth Night that has Sebastian and Viola's Vietnamese refugees. Um, and I would just sit there and be kind of this sounding board for their ideas. And last night, I got to just go sit and watch it. And there was like this moment of, I, I got to be, because I was in the program as thanks to Katie, my beloved, with a little heart. Um, and then my other little is going to be in the musical Nine uh, tonight. And I texted her this morning and I was like, hey, I'm not going to be able to make it, but I just want you to know I'm so proud of you. It's been such an honor to be your big. Um, she posted on her Instagram story, I have the best TA TSA big ever. Anyone who disagrees is woefully wrong. Aww. And just kind of, and I, I, I just went there and there were, when I went to see Twelfth Night, I had a lot of like people coming up, or I had one girl come up to me who I'm good friends with and she just said, just, did I make you proud? Did I make you proud? Aww. And I just had this moment of like, I remember walking in and being like, oh gosh, how am I going to compete with these people? How am I ever going to be like one of them? And just this moment of like, I did it, you know? I, I've i made my way. I've dramaturged a whole bunch of shows now. I'd never done dramaturgy before that one show when it was just like, oh, um, I want to be involved in it, I guess. And now I've done a whole bunch of shows. I got an internship based on my dramaturgy experience. Um, part of the reason I got into my grad program is because I had a ton of experience with research and like Shakespearean dramaturgy. And so it was just kind of crazy realizing how that first experience of I'm like, I know exactly what my life is going to be. And it did that moment set me on this path, but in this way I just completely didn't expect to happen. Well, I'm Jada again, and like everyone said, I'm a freshman, so my story may be a little different from the four year <laughs> seniors. But I remember when I first came here, I was definitely very bubbly. I was excited. I was like, this is my time. Sorry, Grace. I know you weren't. I know it wasn't the same I was for depressed, you. but I'm glad you I was excited. I was like, this is my time. I'm gonna find my place. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my shit and I'm gonna be so great. I was I was all over the place. I was a yes student. And I said yes to everything. I did all the clubs. I was at a club meeting every single night, most nights two or three clubs a night just because I wanted to oh meet everyone and know what was out there. I was just really curious. And I was just really just like, I wouldn't say worried, just like really wanting to like find my place and like really see like where I fit in into Colonial Williamsburg and like the College of William and Mary and where my place was. I was I was definitely like ready to start my college experience. Like I was that annoying freshman ready to talk to everyone. <laughs> we all knew you. Yeah. You were not annoying. Okay. Why'd you look at me? <laughs> I, I, was just you I were just don't believe you. No. Well, I guess I hit it a lot well that I thought it did. <laughs> Anyways, um, was that enough or should I say more? I don't know what else to say. I mean, what was your last week? 
Oh, I was gonna wait. Oh, I went to the flash forward thing. Oh, sound. Right. <laughs> you don't get a flash forward. It's oh it's God. just you're still a freshman. Oh. <laughs> you don't get the you, fancy you get, sound you, effect you, until you're a senior. <laughs> the bird is still cute. Okay. <laughs> oh, flash forward. My last week of freshman year. Oh wow, I've done a lot. Like I said, I was a yes person, and I, I said yes to a lot of things, which has made me do so much. I think I've definitely turned into a no person. I've definitely <laughs> figured out like what I actually fit into, what clubs that I actually mm-hmm. want to stick out in my next few years, and like the things that I'm actually interested in, rather than the things that like I just want to try because I want to see if I like it. Like, no, if I don't think I'll like it, <laughs> I, I could do it another time if I feel mm-hmm. like it. And I've definitely, like, calmed down a bit. I'm definitely not as outgoing, like, in the beginning of the year. If me and my friends wanted to go out, I'd be like, yeah. And now I'm like, no, I want to stay in my room. Like, I don't want to do anything on LDOC. I just want to go to sleep. But, yeah, I'm definitely a lot more chill. And, like, just last week, like, I took a yoga class. And it, like, just then it took me, like, the yoga and just me lying in my thoughts to realize like how much I've actually done like I started crying just thinking about like everything I've done this past year and like how actually proud of myself I am that like I was able to have this kind of energy to come into college and like be like I am gonna be the fucking best and I don't care if people don't like me for (laughs) you are you are the fucking best true you get some applause for that (laughs) love it Um, okay, so I'm I'm another senior, and <laughs> it's kind of funny listening to y'all's stories because I had a very different freshman experience. So, like, Grace, you talked about how you really liked your high school experience. Cannot relate. Uh, Katie, <laughs> Katie, you talked about how you came in, like, knowing people from over the summer. Nope, can't relate. Uh, Jada, you came in talking about how, like, bubbly you were and how excited you were to join activities. Ooh, not me. Um, <laughs> I kind of came in. I had, like, a very, very loose sense of, like, self and identity. I uh, didn't really have a lot of friends from my high school that I still talked to. Um, I didn't really have any people that I had met over the summer. I My first week, I was very, very lucky to make really good friends with my roommate, who is a lot more extroverted than I am. Um, because I came into college, like, very introverted with not a lot of particularly good social skills. Uh, <laughs> so, to be honest. Um, so, my first week, I was, like not really trying a lot of new things. I did join a bunch of clubs. Most 90% of those didn't work out. Uh, I think the one thing that did work out was that I'm pretty sure I went to my first like interest meeting for Flat Hat that week, which I fully went to completely on a whim, did not plan to actually join that organization whatsoever. Um, which is funny because on the academic side, I like had everything so, so rigidly planned out. I made a spreadsheet that I still use to this day. It's the same spreadsheet of like all the potential majors and like how many credits of each one and like grad programs I could do with each one, like planning that far ahead. Um, yeah, Jada, you and I, we love a good spreadsheet. Uh, (laughs) It did not work out that way. Uh, so yeah, very kind of unsure of myself, but like trying so desperately to have a rigid plan. Um, flash forward, I get the nice sound effect here. <laughs> flash forward to this week, I guess, which is the last week, last week of classes of senior year. Um, 
first of all, uh, have a lot more friends than I expected that I would, <laughs> which is like silly, but I, I frankly did not have a ton of friends in high school, probably because I did color guard, which is, you know, not the most, the coolest, most popular activity to do. I think that is so cool. Uh, well, you would be the only one, Jada. So. <laughs> um, uh, have a lot of friends. I felt like I've really gotten to make a nice impact on this school um, through various things. I had somebody, the the new, so I we transitioned between editors back in January, so I'm not the editor of Flathead anymore, but I had just yesterday the new editor reach out to me and she sent me a really nice text saying like, you really provided a lot of mentorship and like I really looked up to you and, and that made me happy. Um, and then I just, in terms of, I've tried so many new things and I uh, am slightly, slightly less introverted than I was when I came into college and... Um, I'm proud of what I've accomplished, I think. I have a lot more confidence in my own skills and I have a stronger, much stronger sense of identity than I once did, so. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Grace. Good, good stuff there. Oh, you're welcome. Can I just say, it's so crazy to hear you say, you're like, I, I didn't really have a lot of social skills because I remember freshman year, I was like, man, it'd be cool to be friends with Claire, but I feel like she's <laughs> so much cooler than me. Like, I was okay. like, like, I was like, she's just like the chillest person. Oh, Katie, it was all facade. Yeah, Katie and I were in the same freshman we hall, were. so it's weird to, <laughs> I know, weird to reflect. Oh. Oh, I get that. Like, it's weird for me to hear you say that because I'm like, Claire, social skills? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, no offense, but it sounded, it sounded like you when you said I didn't have that many social skills because like, and no, because that's like a lot of us when we come into William & Mary in the first place, like that was me. Right. And then I'm like going to all these clubs and like people are coming up to me and being like, I think you're so cool. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Okay. I feel like I got fewer social skills like throughout college because freshman year I was like I just I want to make friends I want to be cool I want to put my best foot forward and I'm like take it or leave it man <laughs> you're gonna get what you're gonna get yeah all students all considered myself Claire and Katie decided to pass on some of our advice um, as well as Jada to future students, to incoming students, as well as to current students. Some of the things that we found helped us get through our years here at William & Mary, as well as some like best kept trade secrets that we wish someone would have told us sooner. Yeah, so I think that's kind of actually a good segue, kind of reflecting on how we've changed uh, some of us, all of us from that first week and to the last week, whether we get the nice harp sound effect or we just get crickets. Um, <laughs> I'm but, so sorry, Jada. I know, I'm sorry. They were birds. They were pretty, too. They were pretty. They were pretty. They were pretty. Um, but kind of just transitioning into different things that we maybe wish we could tell our younger selves. Mm. You know, like, if I could go back in time, like, what would I tell Grace, who loved high school, hated college, didn't want to be here, was anxious because all of her friends went to different colleges and she didn't know anybody at William & Mary, like, you know... <laughs> Yeah, I guess what would you tell your younger self? Uh, okay, number one for me, uh, making mistakes is actually good. And I know that everybody says that, but I really did not believe that coming to college. I also like all the kind of platitudes that you're given, like all the general life advice. I was like, oh, that's all bullshit. Like that doesn't apply to me. And then you really do learn through doing. And then at the end of college, I'm like, man, like a lot of people were right when they gave me advice. Oh. Like that's crazy how that happens. Almost <laughs> if like advice is pretty true sometimes. Oh, that, that moment when you realize it's true, like you wake up and you exercise and you have a really great mental health oh my day. God. And you're like, whoa, I'm girl. Like, dang it. I, was, I thought it was 
kidding this whole time but yeah just like you know doing things making mistakes that's really how you learn you don't just learn from like i tried to do reading 30 self-help books before coming into college that's not how you do things so i think for me and this was something that i still struggle with but i try to get better at um i recently saw a quote and whether you agree with it or not um you know it's up for debate but it said that the meaning of life is really just enjoying the passage of time and when I sat back and I thought about it, I was like, wow, if I could tell myself one thing, I think that's what I would tell myself is just to enjoy where I'm at, like when I'm at that place. Mm. Because I spent so much of my freshman year being nostalgic and wishing that I was still in high school that it really limited me. And I didn't want to try new things because I was stuck in what I thought was like my golden years. Um, and even now, like I find myself as I've kind of sort of stepped into the real world in some ways, wanting to hold on to some of my college experiences and having a hard time letting go, having a hard time enjoying where I'm at and enjoying what I have while I have it because I'm so focused on what I had previously. So I think that's what I would advise for myself. Don't be afraid to let go. Enjoy the passage of time. Enjoy where you're at when you're at that place because you'll never be there again. True. I feel like I had to tell myself to don't be afraid to find what works for you. Like, you're going to have to experiment to figure that out. I'm still trying to figure, like, what's the best way to take notes for me? What's the best way to handle time management? What's the best way to set up my mornings? And I feel like I felt like I needed to have, like, this perfect system going in. Like, you come into class with, like, three different color-coded if you're clear you probably have like a whole like marker pack (laughs) but like you come into class and you're like all right this is the year I'm gonna get it perfect from the start and I feel like I've started doing this thing where I I don't this is gonna sound bad I almost when I'm trying a new thing I almost try to sabotage it from the start specifically to get rid of the fear of failure. <laughs> like, uh, if I'm like, okay, I'm going to start exercising regularly. I will let myself have a week if where I don't do everything I wanna do or where I'm not meeting the goal consistently. And when I do that early on and I'm like, no, I, I'm okay with this, this is part of the process, like almost building failure into your process so that when you mess up, you feel like you can get started again or you feel like you can try something new. Like I remember I I used to be like, all right, I'm gonna get up at 6 a.m. and go to the gym and do homework and shower and get breakfast before my 9 a.m. I think we need to cut to Jada's face right (laughs) now. (laughs) But then I remember there'd be days where I'd be like, well, I feel really good when I exercise, but I just, I need sleep, I need to do this. And so then I realized like, what difference does it really make if I go at three in the afternoon after my classes, I've kind of woken up, I've actually gotten more food in my system, you know? And just like letting yourself fail, letting yourself adjust to who you are as a person and sort of meeting yourself where you are, trying new things, starting over, letting yourself get back up and acknowledging that not only is failure like inevitable, but it's so useful and you need to stop being afraid of it. Consistency is key. That's where you get progress, not having perfection. You know, it's just discipline and being consistent, even if it's not every day, but just continuing to come back to it. It's tenacity. It's not perfection. Mm -hmm. I definitely connect with the perfection thing. I think coming in, I was, like, really concerned with, like, reaching my full potential because, like, 
I knew I had it in me. Like, I knew I could do a lot of things, a lot of great things here. And I just, I really wanted to, like, get it all out. Like, I really wanted to challenge myself in every way I could. And then I realized that, like, if I were to tell myself back then, I would just be like, just trust yourself. Like, you know you can do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know yeah. you are capable of so many great things. Like, you don't need to force it so badly. Like, they will come to you. Things mm. will come to you when you're ready for them and when people need you and things need your help. Like, I just wish I had, like, known, like, not to apply to 30 different internships over the <laughs> winter break oh because things will come. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that. And just, like, I'm also the kind of person, I love me a good spreadsheet. I like to know what I'm going to be doing for <laughs> yep, the next yep, four yep. years. I like to know exactly what classes I'm taking. And I had to realize really soon that, like, I can't do that anymore. I have right. to do it semester by semester and just really think about, like, where I am and, like, what I actually want to do. Like, I really had a whole set plan. Like, I was going to take 18 credits because I was like, I'm going to do this class, I'm going to do that class. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do whatever speaks to me in that moment, and it's going to be okay because I'm still going to get my degree. And yeah. it's going to be okay. <laughs> See, yeah. just get degrees, man. There we go. Um, but I do ever get that feeling where, like, you get you set this super high expectation for yourself. Like it's usually at like three in the morning when you've just had a really bad day, and you're not you're like this is the day I turn my life around. Yes. And then when it comes, it's so scary that you're paralyzed by it. Like I'll I'll make like this like mile long to do list where I'm like this is like the perfect day and this will make my life good. And then I look at it the next morning and I'm like I can't do it. And it's not an issue necessarily. I mean, I'm sure there's probably a self-confidence issue of like not feeling like I can do these things. But there is also a sense like you can overwhelm yourself. Like just because you can put anything you do, you set, just because you can do anything you set your mind to doesn't mean you should do anything you set your mind to. Mm. You should do what you can do and you will surprise yourself. That's the thing. I feel like when I, you need to find the balance between stepping outside of your comfort zone and launching yourself out with like a t-shirt gun just out (laughs) into the open air because one of those things is gonna just make you not want to step out at all because you'll say oh i'll get into the the t-shirt gun tomorrow i don't need to do it today whereas if you say i will take a couple steps out and i will see if i feel okay (laughs) and then you keep going because you do feel okay a couple steps out and then a couple steps further yeah Yeah, I think that's something that seniors told me my freshman year because I had this attitude of I was taking 18 credits per semester. I did want to push myself to my absolute max because I was like, this is what it's about. Like, I'm in college now. I have to do the most. I have to see just how much I can, like, how far I can go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just remember seniors being like, don't do that. And I was like, (laughs) but why? And they're like, no, like, you're going to hate yourself. Like, have fun like take it you are gonna graduate and I I did I graduated early like you're gonna be fine like you know just because you should doesn't or just because you could doesn't mean you should yeah and I think that's a big lesson that I had to kind of teach myself because you do get to college and you see everyone doing all these cool things and you know I think that kind of brings us into like our lived experience advice but you know you kind of have this idea of I have to keep up or I have to put my best foot forward or even just like I have to like compete with myself and especially at William & Mary I feel like we have a lot of highly motivated students but also I've encountered a lot of intrinsically motivated students like Mm -hmm. people who 
just like have this fire inside of them that's like I have to do this like I need to reach this level that I've set for myself and you know just kind of having that Huh, I'm gonna make a pun off my own name. Having oh. that grace uh-huh. oh, okay. for for yourself and just you know that understanding that you know just because you know to to quote uh, Billy Joel like slow down you crazy child <laughs> you're so ambitious for a juvenile um, you know you've got time mm-hmm. you always have more time than you think and you know you are gonna push yourself because that's just who you are you don't have to worry about being lazy or just not doing anything so you know take it a step at a time don't launch yourself out that t-shirt gun you know take a couple (laughs) habits that you want to start and do them every day but don't don't try to do everything all at once don't try to you know what are you trying to prove you know Mm -hmm. at the end of the day like everyone here is focused on what they need to do like no one's watching you. Like, no one's trying to check and see, oh, how many credits are you taking? Are you <laughs> super smart or are you no, not? You like, know what happens? If, you, if you're like, oh, I'm actually only taking 15, people are like, oh, my God, lucky you. You know? Like, no one's going to think that you're superior because you're doing X, Y, Z. They're just going to be like, man, that must be nice. All students considered. I mean, taking it back to, like, classes specifically, I feel like a lot of the advice we've been given is about, like, kind of personal growth, mm-hmm. which is, like, yeah. so important, I think, in college. But also, one of the things we like to do on the podcast is to kind of connect, like, the student perspective with faculty members. So if you were to talk to a freshman or, Jada, your freshman, earlier freshman self, what advice would you give them specifically about, like, connecting with professors, taking classes, like, on that academic side? I feel like... Okay, have you ever been in a situation where you are kind of in an instructive teaching role and mm. you're like, oh, here's my number, or like, just come to me with any questions, and you're like so excited because you really want to like dig into it and like <laughs> talk to someone about mm-hmm. it, and then no one comes up to you because they're scared? Yep. I get the feeling that professors are much the same way, because yeah. like this is someone who's dedicated their life to talking about this subject, so when you are like, oh, I I don't want to seem like over eager. Oh, I don't know if I should ask this question. I inside every professor is just like a little nerd who wants to like <laughs> info dump on you, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I guess I can't speak for all professors, but that's my guess and mm-hmm. that's what I've found at least with like some of my favorite professors. Most of them just want to talk about what they love. Also, Pro tip, if you get them talking about something they They love long enough, they will not stop. (laughs) And sometimes they forget to assign homework or they forget to give the rest of the lecture and you just get to listen to them. Unethical life pro tip. Unethical life. But still, like, you will develop those relationships by showing that you are interested in it. I mean, like, don't force it. Like, I feel like there's also nothing more frustrating than someone who's just kind of trying to, like, suck up. (laughs) And, like, they dominate the whole conversation. But, like, definitely, like, ask questions. Like, make a comment. Say something that you Be genuinely interested. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think kind of going off of that, like, not every professor is going to be your favorite professor, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I know I kind of had this idea of, like, oh, I have to, like, love all my classes. I have to love all my professors. It's not going to (laughs) happen. But I will say, when you find those professors that you connect with, that you just love their teaching style, you love what they are passionate about, hold on to them and follow them. I have 
done that. Um, I've probably only taken classes with maybe 10 different professors my entire wow. four years wow. um, because I've taken four or five classes uh, with Rich Lowry, who is my major advisor, probably three or four with uh, Kevin Smith, three or four with uh, Deborah Morse, two or three with Kim Wheatley. Um, you know, I, I found professors that I really vibed with that I felt like I had built up a relationship with. And then I just took the classes that they taught um, and I found that that worked so well for me because I appreciated the style, the way that they organized their classes. I appreciated how they did their assignments. And I also just naturally, without having to try to force it, began to build this great relationship with these professors. And, you know, it would get to the point where the end of the semester would come around and the professor would be like, hey, Grace, like, I'm teaching a course on this next semester. And I think you'd really like it. And mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, thank you. And they'd be like, I'll give you an override. And I'd be like, oh, thanks. Like, you're the best. Yeah. And, you know, it would just kind of, it really made my experience here a lot more enjoyable because I found that, you know, I got to make meaningful relationships with the, like, professors and the faculty members that, like, I actually, like, vibed really well with. Yeah. I didn't have to force it. Yeah, no, I was I was going to get something in the same vein. Like, first of all, I think really branching out of, like, even if, like, I totally understand if you're coming to college and, like, really just want to, like, get done with your major and, like, take your classes. Totally understandable. It is expensive to be here. If you can, if you have the luxury to, taking, like, classes in different majors, like, for fun. I am in my first history class and my first English class this semester, and I have just been having so much fun mm-hmm. in different departments. Uh, it is, yeah, the English class with Kim Wheatley. Love her. She's great. It's a supernatural literature class. Had the time of my life. It's great. Got to read Dracula. It was awesome. Um, and then I would also say, like, pretty similar to Grace, like, Interesting classes are one thing, um, but I have been disappointed many a time by a class that I, like, sounded really interesting, but maybe I just didn't really like the professor's teaching style or, like, Mm -hmm. it was just, like, too much work or something like that. So, like Grace was saying, I would really privilege, like, the professors you connect with over a course that you might think is interesting because Mm -hmm. a good professor can make a course really interesting even if it's on a topic that you don't think that you would like. Like, this semester I'm in... um, a modern Hinduism class, which is not necessarily something that I would normally take. Um, I'm a religious studies minor, but that's like not really what I focus on. But it ended up being one of my favorite classes because it's with one of my favorite professors. Um, so yeah, it's just the professor really makes the class, I think. Okay. So and and I hope professors take it as a compliment when they have a student in more than one class because like I feel like that's that's what I try to get across is like I'm taking more classes with you because you have a really good teaching and I like your classes. (laughs) A good professor in the hand is worth two cool sounding courses in the bush. That was really good, Katie. Good one. Thank you. (laughs) Advice that you would give in terms of like classes. In terms of classes. I unfortunately have not had the experience yet this year of like really getting close to my professors. One, because I'm a chemistry major and that's like not something I don't think many chem majors do. (laughs) But also just because like I don't know. I was never really the kind of person to, like, be close to professors. Like, it felt so weird to me to, like, kind of do that in high school. It always felt like sucking up because that's what all the kids did in high school, and I just didn't vibe with that. And I just – I didn't want to put too much pressure on myself for, like, networking just because, like, I knew I had three more years and I would, like, get my chance. And, like, especially since, like, I'm not really worried about that right now. Like, I'm doing research at Harvard over the summer, so it's not Ooh. something that is not something I'm worried about. Flex networking. on them. Yeah. Flex on them. But I mean, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's really long. I mean, that net like I feel like the best kind of like quote unquote networking 
are the ones that have been the most beneficial for me is the stuff that just comes out of like genuine connection Mm -hmm. um i mean one of like my favorite professors ever um uh, my roommate and i just got coffee with her a couple weeks ago um but it was just because my roommate and i are both kind of people who sit in the front of the class always but um it was just the kind of like the material clicked you know it was something we loved and so when she would ask a question it was like immediately like hand goes up because i want to like see if i i got it right i i'm just excited to know the answer i have an insight that i think would be cool and that's the thing it wasn't me it wasn't either of us trying to suck up to this professor neither of us even knew we wanted to do sociology yeah but it was this sense of like no i love this this is this is what i want to talk about Mm. and so i feel like don't stress yourself out too much because Again, it comes naturally. Yeah, well. Like, I mean, you can network. That does also work for people. I'm not going to try to dissuade you from it because that is a very important skill is like actively creating those networks. But like a lot of it is I just get involved in a project that I think sounds cool or I ask a professor a question that's been like kicking around in the back of my brain. Um, and so I feel like that's when it happens. Those are the most important connections you get are the ones that are born out of just genuine... I. I think you know something that I want to know too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of going off of that, I would encourage and what I wish I would have done more of, because I didn't start doing it until my senior, junior and senior year. Within your courses, when you have assignments or you have papers and you know the professor gives you like either like a list of prompts or like a list of ideas, or there's like an option where it's like, or come to me and like talk to me about something you might want to do that's not related. Yeah. Do that option mm. always, always, because that was when I would have the most meaningful conversations with my professors. You know, I would, I mean, sure, it takes a little extra work, but it was always worth it because mm-hmm. I would come to them, or even if it wasn't on the syllabus, sometimes I would be like, hey, I know we have to write this short paper and this is kind of the topic it's around, but I'm actually really interested in this. Could I do that instead? I have never had a professor turn me down right. and say, no, you have to write what I said. And you know, every time that I did that, I got more out of the class, I got more out of the assignment. And like sometimes for classes that I wasn't particularly excited about or I didn't really enjoy being in, it made it like bearable and more fun because mm-hmm. I got to do something that I liked. You are listening to All Students Considered. Don't miss a moment. This is All Students Considered. Now, after having discussed some of our expectations and our realities, some advice that we wish we could pass on to new students, the next thing we decided to discuss was moving forward. What does our legacy look like when we leave here? What are some things we wish to pass on to others? And what does it look like for us in the future? Okay, so for our last segment, we wanted to talk about what we're leaving behind. So Grace, you've already graduated. Katie and I are seniors. It's our last week of classes. Katie is done with her classes. Mm -hmm. And I want each of you to say what you've left behind here, what you think your legacy is here at William & Mary. I feel like, you know, I did some some good shows. I did some cool (laughs) research. You know, I did things that I'm proud of and that I'll be able to put on my resume. But I feel like at the end of the day, it comes down to the relationships I built. Hmm. Um, it comes down to those times I said yes, and I just like did something a little bit outside my comfort zone. I, um, I was talking earlier about how both of my uh, theater littles 
are doing these really cool things this week. Um, and I have a lot of friends who are in their first or second year. Um, and I rem- just kind of like this moment of realizing like I had an impact on them. And like, you know, a couple years from now, someone's going to be like, oh, my gosh, like Katie just did this. Oh, my God, Katie, I remember her. She gave me a ride home that hey. one time. Oh, she like really helped me like develop ideas for this project. You know, like those little things you do that stick with people and that that shape them. Yeah. That like those little those little moments where you kind of leave a part of yourself behind um, that you don't even think about. Like, or because I mean I'm sure we all have moments where like someone we really respected said, "Hey, nice job," and that kind of carries you through. That kind of gets you going. That keeps mm. you going forward. And just being able to be that for other people, that's that's big. Yeah. Yeah, I think very similar uh, to Katie, I kind of felt the same way. You know, I did different shows, um, you know, did a lot of improv. I did a lot of creative projects. And, you know, I think truly when I look back, like what I feel like I've left behind um, is, you know, a sense hopefully of creativity and also just of passion and, you know, pouring yourself into what you love. You know, I have gotten to work with almost every department on this campus, um, doing videography, doing photography, and being able to see what everyone is passionate about, being able to help uh, faculty members as well as students take their dreams and put them into a digital format, which was really important during the pandemic. Or even, you know, within my improv group, being able to continue a legacy that's been going on since 1986 and having alumni come back and, you know, say that they were proud of me for how things were going and that, you know, in spite of everything that we've been through, that we're still going forward and we're still doing things and keeping up traditions and starting new ones and, you know, feeling like even if I haven't made a huge impact on the school as a whole, like, I've hopefully made an impact on certain people's lives. And, you know, I think to me that's most meaningful. And knowing that even though I have graduated, like there are still people that I can come back and visit and there are still people who I care about and I want to see like where they go. Um, And even, you know, the people that have gone ahead of me, kind of just seeing how we really are all connected and just, just how special that is to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think like both of you, one of the things that I'm hoping to leave behind is like all the people that I've mentored, you know, over the years and, and tried to help out and tried to really encourage. I remember like, um, I'm just going to give a lot of flathead examples because that's what I spent yeah. most of my time doing when I was a freshman. Um, like what the digital media editor at the time was the first person who ever taught me how to edit video. And, you know, I've, I've taught people how to do things and I've like really took tick taken people aside and said like, Hey, I really think you have potential to do, to do leadership and do really good things. And I hope that that meant a lot to them. I also, I feel like I'm in kind of a unique position because while I was editor of the flat hat, um, I had spent many years looking at the flat hat archives and, and looking back at them as a record of the William Mary's history. Um, and so when I was editor of the paper, I had like a really strong sense of like me chronicling history at William and Mary. And so I feel like I felt really connected to the past, you know, 111 years of the flat hat. Um, so I think that that's something that I'm, I'm leaving behind all the news stories that I wrote and all the changes that I made 
to try to improve like student journalism here. I like to think that that's something that's going to be carried forward because I that was something that I felt really really connected to this school through just being able to see like the flat hat as a record of William and Mary that I am then contributing to and like actively writing as I'm going along. So that was really cool for me. And I feel like something that's just been cool is like I feel I I've known you both since freshman year, you know. And I've, you know, you know a lot, you meet a lot of people freshman year. You say yes a lot because everyone's just desperate to know people. And it's just kind of cool, like someone that you like really didn't talk too much, like seeing their name and you're like, oh my God, like Suhas, he was in our dorm, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, every year I see him get reelected as class president. I'm like, you go, buddy. Or like, <laughs> you know, we kind of, Claire, you and I became closer this year, but like even before that, I'd be like, nice, Claire, flat hat, nice work. <laughs> And I mean, you and I did shows together, like, but I was always like, yeah, nice work. Like, it's just kind of like, it's nice to see the people that you've, I mean, we all kind of grew up together here. We had to be on our own for the first you time. You share in people's success. Which yeah. Which is nice, yeah. Or do you remember I, when we were at the Evening of Excellence a couple weeks, was it a week? I don't mm-hmm. know what time yeah. is. But, like, watching people line up, and I'm like, I remember you. I, I remember know you, you, and I know, I know you, you, and I, and I know you. <laughs> yeah, and that was cool. Or you're like, I didn't even know you were involved in this. I yeah. didn't even know you did that, but I'm proud of you, and I'm happy for you, and yeah. I'm excited to see your name in the future, even if we don't talk ever again. Yeah, those those personal connections are really mm-hmm. important. Yeah, and I think it's it's something that kind of speaks to, like I know within my improv troupe, there are alumni, we do a homecoming show every year, and we have alumni who are in their 40s and have children that are like in middle school that they bring and they improvise with us in our show and like whenever we do our fall tour and we go whether we travel to chicago or to new york there are alumni who live in those cities and we stay with them and just kind of how you know everyone always told me that like with william and mary it's such a tight network Mm -hmm. like you you know, get involved in the people you meet. Like, it's not something that you put away after your four years. And I think, you know, even though we're talking about legacy and what we want to leave behind, I think it's also kind of neat knowing that, you know, this doesn't mean that we're done. Like, you know, we will always have had this experience. We will always be William and Mary. And, you know, that's going to carry us through our lives. And, you know, I, I just feel certain that we will, you know, cross paths with others that are also alumni with each other and that's kind of a very hopeful thing that it's like not like a goodbye we're not dead and buried (laughs) (laughs) i mean how these podcasts are immortalized on the internet forever so it's not like they can say we never were sorry legacy right here legacy this this is the biggest legacy that we never talked about (laughs) the podcast the elephant in the room oh that is true our thousands of adoring fans online yes (laughs) hi dad thanks for listening to every episode (laughs) thanks katie's dad The Steely Podcast, all students considered. For those who do not know on the podcast, I actually graduated in the fall of last year, and I have been working with Steely this spring, as well as working with NCW and with the Office of Strategic Cultural Partnerships on a couple projects. And so for me, moving forward has looked a little different than I necessarily expected it would. It's been strange having one foot in the student life here at William & Mary, as well as one foot out in the real world, moving forward, figuring out who I am, what I want to do, and where my talents can best be used. It has been an interesting journey to say the least, but it has been one that has been exciting, rewarding, and so enriching to my own life, um, as well as hopefully to those that I'm working with. 
It's so neat to see how at William & Mary, we truly are a community. We are one tribe. And I've seen that these connections that I've made, the people that I've met, have helped push me along the way to where I am now and to where I'll be going. It can be really scary to start over. It can be really intimidating to open up that next chapter, not knowing what it looks like. But I have had a lot of peace and a lot of rest in knowing that I have a whole tribe of people who have my back, who are supporting me, who are encouraging me, and who are showing me new opportunities daily. Moving forward can be scary, and it isn't always what we expect it would look like. But it's exciting. It's a new opportunity, and it's something that I can't wait to get started on. Thank you for tuning in today. And this is, for some of us, going to be our time signing off. I hope that you were able to take away um, some tips and tricks if you are still a student here. Um, and I hope if you are a faculty or staff member, you got some insight into what it is like to be a student here. Some of the anxieties, the fears, the triumphs, um, and everything else in between. Thank you for listening and tune in next semester for the Steely Podcast.